to Bibby, has the open shot. Welcome to the King's Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. Sponsored by Max Muscle Sports Nutrition. Introducing your host, Sacramento King's Insider, James Ham. Welcome to the NBC Sports King's Insider Podcast. I am James Ham. Joining me, Mr. Buddy Heald. What's going on, buddy? What's up with it? This is the first time we've had Buddy Heald on the podcast. Uh, very, very surprising You've been here a little while. I don't. Why haven't we had you on the podcast yet? I don't know. Probably. I've been too busy doing all kind of stuff. Been busy too much shooting and had no time. Maybe. But I'm here now, though. You're dodging me, aren't you? No, I'm not dodging you. <laughs> um, I learned something new about you yesterday, and uh, and that is that you're superstitious. Like I tried to give you a number to what you were shooting as of late, and you don't want to have any part of that. You were like. Eh, yeah. And you you didn't want to talk about it. So are you superstitious? I can say yes. Yes, I am sometimes. But uh, I just, when it comes to, like, numbers and, like, how I'm playing or I just don't like people to talk about it because, you know, I don't want to be too too high or too low or, you know, overconfident or, you know, I want to keep that same mindset that I come to approach the game with every day and that mindset to be better. And uh, I don't care if I'm doing good or bad. I just want nobody to say, say about it. Like, let my work say for itself, and uh, I just want to stay humble. And uh, that's how it's always been when I growing up. You know, the God bless the humble. So it's, so it's going to be humble as I can. Whether I'm doing good or bad, to tick or ten, just to stay humble. And no matter what happens, happens. Uh, I'm going to ask you a random question. How many three-point shots do you shoot every day? Uh, I, just, I, I got that question a lot, asked a lot. That's a good question. Um, I, I shoot till I'm comfortable. You know, and uh, I'm talking to Bogey. Bogey's like, oh, I say, how much you make? He's like, 250 makes sometimes a day, you know. Well, I say, I get up that range, but, like, I don't know how much I make. Because, like, once I feel comfortable enough, like, my shot going in, like, the rhythm I got, and then I'll, I'll leave the gym, I'll leave the ball down, put the ball down. But other than that, it's like a comfort level, and uh, when I'm done, I'm done. I've never seen anyone work out as hard as you do in pregame. I, even when you came through with the Pelicans, they had you doing like kettlebell workouts in pregame. What, <laughs> what was that all about? I mean, how do you even do that? Like two hours before a game, you're doing like a full stretch workout. Uh, just trying to stay in rhythm and get get focused, mentally focused. It's like, you know, you talk about being like locked in and, you know, you say superstitious, but I want to be as locked in as I can be. So when I get on the court, I want it to be like, oh, I'm thinking of my shot. Oh, my shot is not good enough to, you know, it's not loose enough or I'm feeling right. I want to make sure I'm locked in and comfortable. So when I get on the court, I should be ready. Who is it that you've gone to? I know that um, you've you've talked about Kobe Bryant in the past, but who is it that you've gone to to sort of be your mentor off the court to tell you how much you need to work out and how what it takes to be great in the NBA? No, I just I'm just watching the players run the league. You know, if you want to be great, you know these these guys can put a lot of hard work in, and like it's not being having a mentor. You know, you can't have a mentor now. You know, uh, you know it's, I have you know I have, I talk to guys on the team, but it's like you willing and um, putting yourself in situations that make yourself better you know what i mean you know you keep going to everybody for advice and asking for advice all that is good but like you still got to put the work in you know so you got to make yourself 
believe that, you know, I got to go out there and make stuff happen. If you don't make it happen, nothing's going to happen for you. Now, this season you started out as a starter, but this team is really – it doesn't matter who's in the starting lineup. No, it this, doesn't matter. This team is – but either way, I, I mean, I know you don't care whether you're a starter or coming off the bench, but this team's is the starting lineup has struggled either yeah. way. I yeah. mean, it doesn't matter. They've tried every combination possible. Um, but that second unit, you seem to have just found some sort of niche there for yourself that you're exploring and you're expanding on. How nice is it to have that, to find something that that fits you for right now? Maybe it doesn't fit you long term, but for right now it fits your, your game and what you're doing. Uh, you know, just, you know, at first, like like you said, first it's all mental, you know, like, oh, you starting, like, you know, oh, you feel like, oh, I have to start or this. No, not. It's not that. It's just that when you come in, just ball. You know, have that mindset, just ball, and don't worry about the what's going on or what I'm starting or not. Just go there, do your job, and try to do everything you can do to help your team win and put points on the board and uh, get stops and make plays. So my mindset is just being just ball and uh, have fun and let's uh, do what you love doing. That's basketball. I saw you out here. You're you're hanging out with Bogdan. You guys were both shooting. Mm-hmm. What has he meant to you? Because it seems like at first you guys could be competition for each other, but right. now that doesn't feel like what it is. It no. feels like... He's helping you. You're helping him. You guys are working together. Right. You guys both play a lot in that second unit together. Uh, what has he meant to you? Oh, he's been great for me. Uh, he's shown me how to. I feel like he's when you know, like when guys come to the NBA, you know they, you know, like it's a selfish game. But you know, like it is. it's a selfish game. So you know, they, I'm trying to get my own. But he's been one of the few that really helped me to like expand my game and how I can get open better. And uh, you know, if a guy that wants me to get better. You know, you really got to take that and consider that, you know, that, you know, like, he's, he doesn't mean any bad. He means it for good. You know, he wants to see you succeed. And uh, I just keep learning from him. And uh, he's played pro basketball in, like, in Europe. And, like, that style of basketball is always about team-like, you know. So he knows how the culture is out. The culture the culture is different, you know, because, like I say, from a selfish culture, for him being in Europe, that's being, everything is being together. So he's teaching me how to, like, pass the ball and, like, you know, like, this guy helps, you know how to like pass to make, how to set up my guy on different reads, you know, how to fake them out. So he's been great. And, uh, you know, we're, we're good friends. You know, uh, we talk, we text, we go out on the road, and like, we, we go to eat, and like, we talk about everything, talk about the game. So he's been great for me. What is it you do outside of basketball? Because, uh, I mean, you are like a basketball junkie. I watch you yeah. in here, and you're always shooting. But what is it you do outside of this? Yeah, nothing, man. I just go home, play with my dogs. I'm more... Uh, you you ask anybody. When I was young, I used to be a rambler. I used to ramble all over the place because the island, you know, you just, you can move around, go through the cuts, you know, go to somebody's house, friend, hang over the blocks, do this, do that. But uh, since I've got to the America, I've been more of a homebody, more of like get my work done, rest, you know, think about watch basketball, think basketball, play with my dogs, you know, talk to my mom, talk to my family, and just start over again. You know, I've. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm just being me. You don't play video games. You don't go to the movies. What do you? Wh- oh, I I go to the movies by myself a lot. Yeah, I I by like by yourself. It. Yeah, for sure. That's that's my one of my where you relax. You're trying to get away from stuff. You know, like even my mom is in town or wherever. I just tell them I'm going to the movies. And they like, you're not going to the movies. And I say, yeah. And I be like, that's to me. That's like I'm a loner. You know, I used to I used to like walk around and like have fun. But now I'm just being to like to myself and like just that's how I get myself locked in. You know, and this. And this game, like you, you know, it's a business, so you gotta really like come prepared every day. And like, so like you try to have less distraction. You know, I don't have nobody living with me. Like this is me and like my dogs. And like when I go home, I feed them and play with them, and I start my day over again. 
That's crazy. Uh, Buddy healed a homebody. Yeah, I, a homebody now. I, I would never have thought that. Okay, so we talked about this after the game, uh, and it's kind of been a, a reoccurring theme. Zebo has played so incredibly well. Yeah. And he is anchoring your team, like, every night, and then you guys come in with that second unit, you're feeding off of it. But what has he meant to you guys? Oh, he's been, he's been great. And, uh, you know, you, you, you actually talk about mentor. If I have a mentor, that'll be the mentor I go to him because, uh, you know, he's been in the league for 17 years, 16 years, and uh, I know I go to him and ask him questions, and uh, he helped me out. You know, uh, you know when I first came in, he's like, man, you, you know, you like to score, and I was just like you. You know, you gotta be patient and like, you gotta know how to pick and choose your score and play into the team concept. You know, he's helped me stuff like that, and like just being a leader on and off the court. You know, being that rah rah guy, but still know how to keep everybody in check. Like I said earlier, so he's been great for us, and uh, you couldn't ask for a better leader than him. And uh, you know, Garrett is doing a great job too. George has been doing a great job too, and Vince, all guys. But uh, Zebo, he's you know his scoring is showing a lot. You know, even though he's a 36 year old, he's still putting these young guys to school. But you know, I love him, and he's he's a great guy to be around. He he kind of has a way about him, right? It's kind of yeah. like he's a dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it seems like. He he talks slow. Yeah. Uh, but but the words that come out of his mouth are are pretty powerful. Right. We saw that scene um, in the Pelicans game yeah. where he told uh, Demarcus uh, where he's from. Bullies get bullied. Yeah. Um, we saw you know, and even in that scene before that, Demarcus had come over and started messing with you. Yeah. How much do you guys feed off of that, having a big brother on the court that, that can, you know, kind of act as an enforcer and kind of act as a protector? Yeah, once you know you got a big brother like Zero, you can say anything you want to do because you know Zero always <laughs> got your back. So no matter what, if somebody comes to mess with you, Zero there to protect you. So, like, you know, it gives you a lot of freedom. But, uh, you know, just keep us locked in and focused, though. He, you know, he's be that guy, that, that tough guy. That's like, you know what, like, it's my teammates. You can't mess with him. And, uh, and no matter what, we got his back, too. Some pop up, too. You know, and uh, he's not going to stand back and, like, oh, when he gets in a scruffle with somebody, you know, uh, we can get there, too, because we know for sure he'll be there for us. No, you're going to go run amok now Now that you got Zebo back there. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But just, I'm just noticed if somebody started tripping, I know um, I can trip back because I know no matter what, Zebo's there to protect us. But, uh, no, but Zebo's being great for us, man. Like, I can't say what it's the, the ones he does for us. I mean, like, we all the road. He take care of us. Like, you know, he's a true vet, and uh, I love him. Okay, so second year, how much is this different than first year? A lot different. Things starting to slow down. Especially now, it's starting to slow down. You start to understand the game more. You start to pick and choose where you can uh, uh, score on your spots and, and be a better player in this league. And uh, you're trying to develop each, as much as you can so you can establish yourself here. The thing I, I'll say that watching you, uh, when you got here last year, uh, defensively, you struggled a little bit here and there. But this yeah. year you've improved massively on the defensive end. Yes, How sir. much did you have to, I don't know, work on your lateral quickness or work on your thought process or work on watching film? What was it that really clicked with you? I was just like wanting it, man. Just one more time on the court, you get to guard somebody. And that's how you earn minutes on the court. You know, guy, you can, like, keep somebody in front of you and you can, like, put the ball in the hole, and that's a plus. But, uh, you know, you can't just score and, like, give up. Give up, score 15 and give up 17 or 15 tonight. You know, it doesn't get, you know, you want to score. 15 and probably give up 10 or 8. You know, guys are good in the league. You can't stop everybody in this league. You, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. But if you can, like, show that you can guard and defend, and, uh, you know, uh, I feel like you'd be longer, be in the court longer. But and the ability to score, too. Are you adjusting well to the NBA? Yes, I'm adjusting. You know, it's, it's been it's been, it's been ups and downs mentally, but uh, it's fun. You know, you want you want to go, you don't want to have to be a, go to an easy road. You want to make things tough. You want to have that grind. And uh, 
This is all. This is all about. Are you waiting for that moment where you you go off for 35 or something? Yeah, I'm still waiting for it. Uh, it's it's going to come. You don't, don't rush. Be patient. And when it comes, you know, uh, do it again. Okay. The great ones do it every night. So it's, that's what you want to have. That's Buddy Hill. Thanks so much for joining me, man. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com. I am James Ham. Joining me on this car cast, Mr. Doug Christie. DC, what's up? Microphone checker, one, two, checker. What's happening, Ham? I'm in the house, baby. <laughs> Doug. Doug is, uh, he's got a song stuck in his head and he, he keeps singing it and then he got me singing it and, uh, yeah, we're not going to sing it for you, but yeah. yeah, we're on the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, not the Golden Gate, what, the Bay Bridge. What are we talking about? There you go. Um, the slowing is, uh, the, the drive has not been quick. We just had to stop for gas already before we even left Sac- uh, San Francisco, which cost us like an extra, like $10, $12 because you get price couched. Uh, <laughs> Plus, there was a, a, a man in distress at the gas station being attended to by the fire uh, firefighters. And a well lady. done, San Francisco firefighter. Doug was going to take video. Uh, well, just in <laughs> case, you know, some, something was going wrong. You never know what's going on in this world these days, Ham. That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, we're going to recap the, the week of Kings basketball. Uh, thank you to Buddy Hild for coming on in the front half of the, the podcast. Doug... It's interesting. Um, Buddy struggles a little bit with media in in his locker stall, and mm-hmm. it's something that I mean I think it's very apparent when you watch post game video of Buddy Heald. Um, you know he has an accent. Um, he also has an Invisalign, and he and sometimes he just isn't he doesn't focus well. But man, you get him one on one, and he was really good, really good. Uh, especially talking about Bogdanovich and their relationship and how much he's meant to Buddy. Um, how interesting is that for you to see one young player taking another young player under his wing? And, you know, I know Bogdanovich has played overseas for a long time, um, but at the same time, they aren't that far apart in age. I mean, these guys should be competing for minutes, but instead it seems like Bogdanovich is like, said, so look, I, I want everyone to be better, and, and I'm going to do my best. How, how different is that for you? Well, it, first of all, it is it's to be commended because that is the type of attitude and that is the type of approach from Bogdan that is going to absolutely permeate through the team. And if it does at the rate in which I think that it may, that is how you help each other. And it's awesome to see. Obviously, similar in age from the stand that Bo, uh, Buddy went to school for four years, Bogdan played overseas, but Bogdan has been in multiple championship environments overseas and championship moments and things like that. And to both play the same position and help each other, it speaks volumes to the character and understanding that, you know what, it's bigger than one individual. It's about the team. It's about us growing. It's about us getting better. And that just lets me know that both of them are absolutely bought into what's trying to happen here in Sacramento and bring a championship here. Yeah, it does seem like uh, Buddy Hill is a different player. I mean, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks from him is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, he came into Thursday night's game shooting, I think it's 56 or 58% from three uh, since going to the bench. He's just been, and that was over like 70-something attempts. 
he's just been lights out and he he seems to have found a niche and that's something that you know every young player needs to to figure out but how difficult is it to find a niche in the NBA and somewhere that makes sense for you at that point in your career and at that point with your skill set and then just find it and thrive you know you have to trust the people that are around you because a, a lot of times what you'll get is you get a lot of people in your ears saying you can do this you can do that you can do everything and in the NBA there are a few players like that but the point is Ham there's only a few it is it is difficult to be able to do every single thing defend at one end be a jump shooter at the other handle the basketball uh, rebound the basketball system all these different things it's great to have those type of aspirations but finding your niche and what you're speaking to is something that uh, if you want to be in the NBA for a long time, that's the first thing that you got to do. Find that thing that you do well. Once you get good at that, you can then get expand and, and become more and I think Buddy is relaxed by going to the bench a little bit he gets to watch the game see how it's unfolding watch where he might be able to go in and on top of that he's coming in and the coach wants him to to be aggressive and go after it and that is his nature in and of itself when you're a starter you got to worry about your your James Harden your you know different players who are coming at you on a night-to-night basis so you're on one end defending you're a jump shooter and it's getting into your legs those shots might be short. He's coming in against some second unit players, and he's absolutely lights out. Was there someone behind the scenes when you were a young NBA player that was calling and texting and and saying, "Hey, dude, you need to do this," or you know, you know that that maybe thought they had your best interest, but in all actuality, they might have done more damage than good. Uh, first of all, they weren't texting back then. That's Ham. true. Uh, okay, let's Were just, they paging you, Doug? Let's, uh, there you go. <laughs> they paging me 911. I would then take a quarter, go to the phone booth, and I would call them <laughs> and, and get this information. Uh, you know what? It Just more than anything, it can be your agent, you know, because they want you to be successful because the more successful you are, the more money garners for them. So it could be your agent. It could be your friends and family, different people like that. And, and maybe they have your best interest at heart, but at the same time, you you need to locate something and whether it's somebody that's around you or if it's a coach somebody like that I can remember being on the end of the bench and Herb Williams and Derek Harper when I was in New York um, Charles Oakley these guys you know took me aside and said you know at first it was Pat Riley saying you know what you need to focus on something and lock in on it that you can become good at and then go from there and for me it was defense I had never really been a defensive player and all of a sudden that's where I learned a lot about the defensive end of the court and I started to do that. I could still score the ball and do those things, but that was something that allowed me to start to separate myself. You played with Oak both in New York and in Toronto. Yes, I did. What is he like? Because, I mean, we've seen the incident where he he lost his cool. And- yep. And Dolan had him removed and all no this doubt. craziness happens. But what is he like? Uh, he, he is probably one of my favorite teammates. Uh, do anything for you. Totally have your back. Uh, just from the time that I got to New York as a young player, I, I would think I was in my second or third year when I got to New York. And he took me under his wing right away. You know, don't worry about anything. Took me out to eat, showed me the town. Uh, when I went to the gym early, he would go and he would be there. He'd be working out. So I saw how to be a professional and things like that. But man, I, I absolutely love Oak. He's a great guy. Okay, we are uh, we are almost to Berkeley. Thanks. Uh, we've already cleared the the Bay Bridge. It's 
it's you know 8:30 on a on a Thursday night, and that doesn't usually bode well for us. We see red lights in front of us. And, uh, but Doug Christie, uh, James Ham, we're here car casting uh, after the Sacramento Kings lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, that Minnesota Timberwolves team, they're an interesting group. Uh, I don't remember seeing a coach this early in a season go to an eight-man rotation and stick with that eight-man rotation. And it's really not even an eight-man rotation. It's a five-man rotation with a, a couple of guys popping in. Is it surprising to you what Tom Thibodeau is trying to do there? Or is this one of those things where maybe he's trying to build continuity with you know, a team where you've got three new starters and you're trying to piece everything together with young guys and older guys, you know, veteran guys. Um, but have you seen anything like that? Because to me, it feels weird. Yeah, you know, the, the Kings were down 20 in the fourth quarter with like four minutes to go, and they had their starters in. Uh, and when I say starters, I mean the guys who absolutely started the game. Uh, he'll go to the bench a little bit with Gorgie Jang, uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, you know. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones, maybe a little bit. And those guys, 16, 17 minutes. But the other night, they played against the Philadelphia 76ers, and every single starter was 40 minutes every single one and the the problem with that is it, will it garner you some wins yeah it will but right now at 17 and 12 it hasn't garnered that much so could he be searching for continuity and trying to find that flow and yeah I, I get that but at the same time if you burn these guys out this early in the season it, it, it's going to be tough I've been on teams where I played a lot of minutes before and I, I understand it you can you can handle the load it, it one thing but uh, to play in the Western Conference, to be that high-caliber team that they're looking for. And if you pair that at the same time with what I hear, I hear that their shoot-arounds are like practice and their practices are like training. You know, they absolutely get after it. And that, that could be tough for them going forward. Yeah, I mean, I looked. They had played five straight games coming into Thursday evening uh, where they had only played eight players and that's it. And again, it was the three same guys coming off the bench every single game, um, and none of them playing major minutes at all. I think even in the overtime game, maybe one of them had 20 minutes of action, but that was it. And to me, it, it really it feels forced, and it also feels like it's not sustainable, and it could also lead to injuries. I guess they've got, you know, outside of Taj Gibson, the other guys are, you know, 28 and below, but still that, that feels like a, a, just a strange way to conduct your business this early in the season. Uh, now, Doug, the Kings lost, uh, and, you know, what are they, 9 and 19 on the season? They, uh, for me, their road record to, is, is really, it's where they're, the losing is happening. I think they're 4 and 12 on the road this season. Um, and winning on the road as a, as a newly assembled and young team is never easy. But the Kings' schedule is completely unbalanced. It, they play so many road games early in the season. Here we are, you know, what is it, 27 games into the season, 28 games into the season. And they've already, uh, by the end of this four-game trip, they will have already played three three-game road trips, two four-game road trips, and they'll have, I think it's 17, no, 19 road games to 12 home games at the end of this trip. Have you seen this before? No, I, 
this many road games early in the season like this, no, I haven't. But it could bode well for the Kings from this standpoint. Yeah. You're taking your bumps. You're taking your bruises. We've seen that the Kings can compete with some good teams. And when they're playing well, they can compete with just about anybody in the NBA. You know, you got your Golden State Warriors. There are a few teams that are head and shoulders above the rest. But which I they say, beat. Yeah, which they did beat uh, minus KD and minus Steph, though. So let's remember that. But. I say that because if all of a sudden you start getting roles, you guys start learning, they're they're playing better, and at the end, towards the end of the season you have more home games with the Kings playing a little bit better at home, you might be able to start putting some wins together because you're getting a, lo- a lot of that road out of the way early. You know, Doug, we had this discussion on our Facebook Live show. Um, again, James Ham, Doug Christie, uh, we're car casting. Passing Central Avenue, uh, Richmond, California. Richmond in the house. Or, yeah, uh, Fat Apples hiding way up there on the hill, which is a, a great place to get some holiday pies. Uh, Look at you, knowing yeah, where the pies nice are at. little bakery. Uh, and Zachary's Pizza. There's a Zachary's Pizza over here, too, not too far away. Ham knows um, where the eateries are, you guys. I do I do like my, uh, my food. Actually, I lived in Berkeley for a year, uh, many, many moons ago. Um, but, Doug... The way that this season is kind of playing out, uh, we had this discussion, again, on the Facebook Live show, and we had this discussion off the air. Uh, Zebo has become this, like, this force, and it's it's crazy to watch because he's 36 years old. He can't, uh, I mean, he would trip over not just, a, like, a, a phone book, but, like, a, a, a peachy folder, I think he would trip <laughs> over. Um, but he's still finding a way to dominate on almost a nightly basis when when are you wanting to see Jaeger transition the that role of like of lead scorer go-to guy to someone else and who is that someone else you know I, I think it's going to be a combination of guys and it's going to be whether the hot hand obviously De'Aaron Fox won the ball in his hands can he dominate it a little bit from the point guard position scoring and uh, distributing the basketball we've seen Frank Mason do it and Frank may fit into that especially now with De'Aaron with the thigh contusion that might hold him out for a little bit but uh, you're looking at Scal what was Scal going to be able to do and definitely Willie Colley-Stein will they be able to hold down the offense can you throw them the basketball can they get you something can they get something going where it's two three buckets in a row where now you require maybe a little double team a little help a little stunt and in that then all of a sudden you're able to throw the basketball. Now, if they are not, now you're going to be dependent upon perimeter players. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a guy who may require help in a double team when he comes off of a pick and roll because he is so dynamic with the basketball. Uh, Buddy Heald, I don't want Buddy dribbling six, seven, eight times. I want him to catch the ball ready to fire as soon as he gets it, but then putting it down maybe two or three times and seeing if he can create that shot or create something for somebody else. So it's, it's not a easy question because you're looking for one of these young players to step up and deliver in a way that says, you know what, I, I, I got this. I, 
I can do this and I can do it on a consistently on a night-to-night basis and we see how hard that is because Zebo is the type of player that can do that in even uh, at, a, at his age at 36 but you see he's not using athleticism he's using mentality he's using his mindset he's bumping guys before he gets ready to shoot the ball puts them on their heels different different ways to use his body and leverage and I'm hoping that these guys like Willie and Scal who are athletic learn how to do things like this and learn the, the game that they're going to need now is the game that they'll get later, meaning in their later years, because then they're forced to. But if you get it while you're still athletic, it is a big benefit to you. Yeah, I would like to see, uh, you know, I, again, I, I've talked about that. I think 60 games in, if we're seeing the same exact type of distribution, it to me, it's not even a minutes thing. It's an opportunity thing. Right. And I think what we saw a season ago was – uh, as the the season wound down, some of these young guys got some opportunity, but there was even more that could have gone to to the young guys. Yes. And, and so, I think some people are a little gun shy. Like, I, is it the game fifty? Is it game sixty? Where it's like, look, I, I know Zebo can do it, but you're not in a playoff hunt, and I want to see if Scowl can do it for thirty straight games, being the go-to guy in the starter with the starters with the second unit but like feed 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 i mean we even heard willie Colley stein talking about carl anthony towns following the loss to minnesota he said well you know look at look at all the shots he gets and it was almost like uh, like i'm not getting those shots so uh-huh. you know maybe i could be carl anthony towns if i got you know 20 something shots a game but is there going to be a time that 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 can happen or, or is this just like, you got to ride this out. Zebo's here next year, and, you know, we, we got to see these young guys get opportunities when when they, you know, pop up late in games or, you know, we just have to, like, kind of let it play out. Well, there's a, there's a level of consistency, but then there's a level of understanding, which I call overstanding. You got to overstand. And what I mean by that is Zebo understands, like, he, he gets inside and he'll get a bucket early. Then he progressively takes his game to other parts of the court once he solidifies the interior and shows that I can score on the interior. Then he takes you to 16, 17 feet and he shows you that he'll hit that jump shot. Now he goes to the three-point line in transition maybe and he knocks that down. Once you show somebody something, now they have to flinch when you show it to them again. And what I mean by that is the pump fake and all the different things. And you can't give them a steady diet. And if you think that you're going to be an offensive player just by shooting a jump shot or something like that. Most times you're open because that's what guys want you to do. They want you to shoot a jump shot and they want to contest it because that brings your percentage down. Willie Colley Skine, Scow, these guys are going to have to show that they can score in multiple ways and part of it is going to have to be that they can dominate in that paint and show that they can score down there. How do you get to a point where you're comfortable enough taking on that type of role where you're like, look, I I'm good with 15 shots. I think every player says, I'm good with 15 shots, feed me. But where you are really comfortable with not just delivering once, but delivering on a a night in and night out basis where it's your show. You know, you're going to have to, it's going to have to happen for you. Meaning, 
I don't know that either one of those guys have had that at any level. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have to look back on their high school career. You know, that's something that I did in high school. That's something that I did in college. That's something that I tried to do in the NBA and found my way around it. I could still get 12 or 15 shots in a game, even when I played with the Kings, and put up a number. But I was more focused on the defensive side and playmaking and trying to help the team focus on winning. So they're going to have to first deliver there. And then they're going to have to deliver again because it's different, Ham, when all of a sudden you are on that scouting report and that double team is coming at you. And, yeah, you can you can start passing the ball, but that's what they want you to do. But, see, sometimes Zebo forces the action and makes sure that he gets in there really tough and gets a bucket because the team is depending on you to stop a run and things like that. They're going to have to prove that they can do that. And sometimes, like uh, when you, you look at Cat tonight, Carl Anthony Towns, he had five blocks. So it wasn't always on the offensive end. Sometimes there's a domination on the defensive side of the ball. And both of those guys, Willie Colley-Stein and Scow, have that type of ability to dominate on the defensive end or offensive rebound as well very interesting I think it's a it's a discussion that we're going to have uh, multiple times throughout this season as we're watching the 2017-18 campaign sort of play uh, you know through you know again we're we're not to the midway point of the season yet we're still a good I don't know what is it 13 games from that point yep Um, I think that's when you can start to make some judgments I think the Kings already have some ideas of where they would like to go with this team. Uh, we're already seeing some of that play out. Um, but it's also really tough because you got a guy like Vince Carter sitting on the bench that you know really wants to play, and he came here so he can play minutes. You got a guy like George Hill who struggled both on and off the court trying to get things right, and uh, you know it hasn't always worked out for him, and you're seeing him starting to come around. Uh, and you don't want to give over fully to this veteran movement and just concern yourself strictly with winning games. Yeah. This season has to be about so much more, but it can't be about losing every night either. Yeah, but the young players have to show him that they can get a game going. And they have to show that in inside of that game that not only do I get a game going, but it's winning basketball to get a game going, meaning that my production is helping us to garner a W. And whether that is De'Aaron Fox with assists and things like that, it's going to be a young player doing it. Yeah, I mean, what we don't want to see is somebody going off for 20 just to go off for 20. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, we don't want to see that selfishness, that selfishness seep in. It's funny, Buddy Hill talked about selfish. He said, you have to be selfish as an NBA player. And that's the thing that has caught him uh, mostly off guard about about Bogdan. It's that the European game is not selfish. And it's not the culture uh, over there to be horribly selfish on the basketball court. And it's something that he's learning. Like, look, you just it can't be about Buddy. It can't be Buddy Buckets all day long, every single game. That's not going to play well with your teammates. All right, Doug, so we got a couple more games on the road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kings traveled to Toronto on Sunday, uh, early morning matinee. Uh, we've got, what is it, back-to-back Philadelphia, so Joel Embiid, and then the Brooklyn Nets on, is it Tuesday and Wednesday? Yep, yeah, so, Russell, yep. Yeah, the Kings will be back in Sacramento. Uh, we're going to have to kind of wind things up leading up to Christmas, um, but... Are you confident with the direction they're heading? Do you feel like they're they're taking that first step uh, to compete that, and they're learning that second step? 
to learn how to win and they're moving forward? I, the competition piece, I think, is the biggest. That That is something that I see. I think that you saw the level of that continue to rise, meaning that, yeah, they've been down 14-0 like the other night uh, against Toronto, but that had happened a few times, and then all of a sudden it didn't happen for a while, and you're seeing that competition level. I, I don't know if it's the ability to get into practice, to push each other, whatever. Part of it was, you know, when they when you're down by 10 and you're seeing teams pick you up full court and different things, you got get that look on your face and that that feeling about you that I don't like that and let's go after these guys and it's us against them and there is no friendship when we're out there on the court we're trying to go after them and that I think has has raised rose a level but it's gonna take it's going to be progressional is what I'm saying, Ham. I, it's incremental, and it's hard to judge at this particular time. You know, you get Willie starting to play well, then all of a sudden he's hurt. We don't really know what's happening there, and now he's hurt a little bit. I will say, looking at Frank Mason as a young player, he has come along quite well. I like what he's seen with him. I like the fact that they sent Scow down, and Scow went and proved at the G League that I don't belong here. Uh, Justin Jackson had a good game or two down in the G League. Then he had a for 12 and it seems like it didn't hurt his confidence um, so am I seeing some things yeah I am but this is something that they're going to have to fast forward they're going to have to get aggressive with it and it's going to take these guys meaning these young guys to get in the gym and get after it and stay after it not that they're not in the gym but it has to become paramount in your life if you want to become good and then you will start reaping the benefits on the court well if it's any uh, positive sign I have been hearing that uh, the competition in practice has gotten much, much tougher. That's beautiful. Uh, that Zach Randolph is leading sort of this push to be more physical in practice, to get more, um, to go at each other a little bit more. Yes, sir. I think that's good. Uh, young players have been in the gym more. They're learning that that's what it takes. Uh, so that's a good thing as well. Um, we, are, uh, we are flying across the Carcanus Bridge. We're almost uh, to the fast track lane. Uh, and you know what? That's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider uh, podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Doug. You got it, man. Go Kings! Big big thanks to Buddy Hill on the front half of the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll have a guest. And uh, we'll, we'll bring into the holidays something smooth. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week. Something we all missed in 2020 is traveling. Remember road trips, seeing friends and family, and all the sights and sounds along the way. And of course, road snacks. Mmm, beef jerky. Well, it's time to get back out there. We've earned it. And when you travel with the U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card, you'll also earn the most from it. So hit the road and take it all in again, from points of interest to points back for how you travel. Earn four times points on travel and at gas stations. And if you book your prepaid hotel or car rental directly in the Altitude Rewards Center, you can earn five times points. Plus, you'll earn two times points on groceries, dining, and streaming services. And all other eligible purchases? Yeah. 
You'll earn points on those too. So start earning more today and connect with 50,000 bonus points, a $500 value when you spend $3,000 within the first 120 days of account opening. Learn more at usbank.com slash altitude connect. The U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card is issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. 